not in Kansas anymore. You have my curiosity. Are you telling me you built a time machine? The force will be with Hello and welcome back to the Get Real podcast, the podcast where we get real about all of our favourite pop culture films and TV shows. And with me as always is my boy wonder, my king of Atlantis, my orphan child who gets superpowers, it is Sam! And I've also got my, my blue and pink hair in and my hyena ready to go because we're covering off the rest of the DCEU today, aren't we? There is. I knew there was one film that I was forgetting to... <laughs> Forget into reference, but you we, got the rest. We planned it perfectly, Chris. We had four movies in the first half and four movies in the second half. It's almost like it was planned. It was almost like we plan our podcast. <laughs> Speaking of planned our podcast, I haven't thought about this podcast in like a week, and now I'm here about to record it. It's a good job I've seen these films. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I had to watch another Movies in Minutes again, but I was a bit disappointed that Birds of Prey wasn't on Movies in Minutes. However, we watched it quite recently, but I ended up just watching Cinema Sins for me to go through it. So <laughs> my reminder of Birds of Prey is everything bad about Birds of Prey. <laughs> so, so we wonder what sort of outlook Sam will have on this film. So We've I covered be Birds of Prey biased. before, though, so... Yeah, so we don't need to talk about that one as much, but it's probably quite an interesting... Uh, retrospect on it from when we watched it after uh, when we recorded the episode straight after we watched it and how we actually feel about it now to be fair yeah yeah definitely so i mean we should probably jump straight into it we've got four movies to cover off in the space of an hour so we better get this bloody dc train rolling so what's the first one we're covering off I believe the first one is Justice League. Oh, not the Snyder Cut, because it's too early for that, if you're listening no. to this in no, mid-2021. this is the cut we wish it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Justice League, Justice uh, League, Justice League. So, so we've talked a bit about the Justice League already, but let's go into a little bit more detail. Sam, what do you think of this film? In a world before we had this podcast, we watched a film called Justice League. So we never we did. So the time we talked about it wasn't really under the scrutiny of being recorded while we talk about it. And boy, was it a film! <laughs> boy, uh, was it a film! It was definitely. We can't confirm it was a film. Just an absolute clusterfuck of just just so much going on. Just far too much for for a film. Like of that length. See, like, see, I thought because I rewatched this the other week before we even decided to do the DC retrospective. It was it was just trending on my Netflix, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm working. I may as well put it on in the background." And I realized how little fucking happened in this film, and the only stuff that does happen is not interested in the slightest. No, it's <laughs> like, like nothing happens, but a lot happens at the same time. Yeah, it's like a lot. A lot happens, but when you compare it to Batman versus Superman, fucking nothing happens. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you take less. This is DC's answer to the Avengers, isn't it? Let's be honest. That's what the that's what they're trying to do here. <laughs> they wish. <laughs> so you you take the Infinity Stones and you spread that maybe one per film and then you take four mother box sorry three mother boxes and then put them into one film and it's just it's it's so much it's far too much like i watched the four uh sorry justice league in four minutes and i wish i had only watched it in four minutes (laughs) and by the time i got to like three and a half minutes i was like i'm so lost like there's so much going on you're introducing 
uh, the Flash, Cyborg, Aquaman. You're then introducing the concept of the Mother Boxes. You're then introducing the concept of Darkseid and Steppenwolf and all that sort of stuff. And then you've got to build connections with all the characters. And then you've got... Oh, it's too much. It's too much. The only thing that this film kind of had going for it is the fact that, like, with the Marvel films, they've reintroduced us to characters that we fucking know everything about. Oh, and sorry, like, yeah, they killed Superman the film before, so you had to bring him back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the only, the only like, upside I see to this film is the fact that they didn't treat their audiences like idiots, and they're like, you know what these characters are, basically, so we don't need to do that much, but... That doesn't mean that it's good. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. They, they didn't treat us like idiots, fair enough, but you fucking tre- treat the characters like idiots. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a bit... It was tough, because when I watched this film, I kind of had the wool pulled over my eyes a little bit, because it was the first time we had the Flash in a movie, re- like a modern movie, anyway, mm-hmm. and Cyborg and Aquaman. So we got to see all that, and all that was really cool, apart from the Flash's run. Um, and some parts of some parts of like I understand his arc, but it was just a shame that he wasn't. You know, he is the Flash. He's already a superhero. He's already been doing stuff. And you had this really cocky Barry Allen that you saw in Suicide Squad, where he's uh, you know interacting with Captain Boomerang, and then you get this kind of incapable Barry Allen, like in there, who's just not this very confident, nerdy little weird. Like Netflix special comedy. Yeah. <laughs> like it, I, I said last time, I've got some things to say about The Flash, so I may as well say it while you're talking about it. The Flash is one of my favourite characters. He's so fucking good. In this film, he is trash. Like, this version of The Flash is not good. But like, Ezra Miller could be a really good Flash. He could be, but he's just not in this. Like, they don't understand the character of Barry Allen, and I'm all for, like, adapting stuff and changing stuff and stuff. But, like, when you choose a specific... Like, with a character like this, it's got such a legacy to it. So they've chosen Barry Allen, and they gave him the backstory of Barry Allen. But he acts like a weird, nerdy version of Wally West. It's not Barry Allen in the slightest. It's like it's like making Hal Jordan Green Lantern, but then giving him all the qualities of Kyle Rayner or Jon Stewart. Like, Jon Stewart's thing is, like, he's a military guy. That's not Hal Jordan. Like... He's just the wrong version of the Flash. It just doesn't work together. And like you said, like none of his jokes land. You can tell that most of the stuff of the Flash in this film is a reshoot, and it's Joss Whedon trying to inject what he thinks the studio wants of comedy. But it just doesn't work. Every part of that character falls flat, and so does the character literally fall flat on his face. He can't run. His only thing is that he runs really fast. Would have thought you would have thought the kid would be able to fucking run. <laughs> yeah it, it's hard isn't it it's it's i mean you only have to watch the flash tv show and as much as i kind of don't like procedurals like that because i kind of i, I find it hard to keep up with them like i find it hard to watch them yeah and then only every ever like once every four or five episodes something big happens that moves the plot <laughs> along yeah, but that's you CW. Only, yeah but you only have to watch that to see what the character of Barry Allen should be, and then what the character yes. was that we got in in Justice League. Like, the the Flash TV show has wavered in quality drastically. The first season was one of the best seasons of television I think I've ever watched. It's fantastic, and it's 
fallen off but the one thing that they've always managed to nail in that is the core cast like the core cast works and they understand the characters like barry allen is barry allen and he goddamn works <laughs> yeah isn't it funny that both ezra miller flash and barry and i was about to say barry allen flash but i can't remember the name of the guy <laughs> Grant gustin Grant Gustin, that's it. They've actually they were both in an episode of the Flash together, weren't they? In that yeah, crossover so, episode, yeah, they did Crisis on Infinite Earths, and we finally got the acknowledgement that they are the same multiverse. Um, yeah, Ezra Miller, the Flash, appeared on the TV show, which is amazing because DC were being so awkward, and like the TV shows had to cut out characters that they set up and stuff because they couldn't have two versions of the character, one on TV, one on the films at the same time. Yeah, and then. They ended up changing that. They were like, nah, fuck it. You can have your own version of Superman. You can have your own version of this, that, and the other. So we finally got the crossover between them. But well, when cool. you've already got the concept of the multiverse ingrained into DC anyway, you know, I mean, yeah. you only have to play Injustice to know how crazy a multiverse <laughs> can be. You only need to watch, what, episode one of season three of The Flash to know that the multiverse is in there, or any episode of the Flash TV show because he's always fucking up the multiverse. Yeah, literally. Um, but, like, they were just like, no, it's a different multiverse from our multiverse. Oh. And now they're like, no, it's the same multiverse. The whole point of a multiverse is that it's infinite, so technically the DC multiverse and the Marvel multiverse should consider... could persist... like... Words are hard, guys. In... Like, in concept, the DC Universe and the Marvel Universe should exist in the same thing because the multiverse is infinite, so they should both exist in the same thing. But obviously, because of licensing issues, they don't. Mm-hmm. But that's the way that the multiverse should exist. Like, the concept of the multiverse that means that the Marvel Universe exists inside of our real universe right now. It's a and different it, version. And it, anyway, anyway. Back, back to Justice League. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> aside from multiverses. <laughs> do we reckon that there's going to be much difference? Because, uh, well, sorry, much difference between the Snyder Cut and what we got in terms of the Flash and Aquaman and Cyborg. Because al- although it f- what we see, it focuses a lot more on Superman, Wonder Woman and... Um, you know, Dark Side and the villains mainly, but I wonder how much more we'd get in the Snyderverse versus what we got in Justice League, and whether it amends any of that at all. Or I think I think we'll probably actually spend a bit more time liking the characters and the characters actually having something to do other than just jump from set piece to set piece. Like, mm. like he um, Zack Snyder's version of Cyborg was so fleshed out, and it seems like a much better character in this. Like. In the version that we got, he's just not great as a character because he's just non-existent. He's just almost not there for the entire film. It's like, going to be forget so... cyborgs in most scenes. It's going to be so interesting to see how different it is versus what we got in in the not in yeah. the current Justice League. I, I think they're going to be completely different films at this point because it's painfully obvious, like from what the first trailer was, and like the difference between the scenes, what's reshoots and what's not. And it's just painfully obvious the difference between the two. And so I don't think, like Zack Snyder said, you probably saw less than a quarter of his film in that version of the film. And I think that might be right because it's painfully obvious all the fucking reshoots and everything like that. And it's just dumb, dumb changes. Like, ugh. (laughs) It's just, it's just a non-event film. Like I watched this in the background and I was just there like, this film literally has nothing. It's yeah. just meh. 
the characters are awful. Like, even, like, Wonder Woman in this gets mistreated. Like, she does nothing. She freaks out at Batman once. Like, what does Wonder Woman do in this film other than have a meeting with Cyborg in a street? Yeah, that that's why I think you see her a lot more focused on the Snyder Cut stuff because she did get a little bit underplayed. She had a yeah. really good intro with the um, when she goes into the building and you know, uh, yeah. she she the, is it all the bank robbers and stuff? I think from yeah. what I remember, I, I think that was Zack Snyder's footage to be honest because we saw parts of that in the original trailer, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, and um, she seems to act a lot more like Wonder Woman in. Batman vs. Superman and Wonder Woman in that scene, and then the rest of it, she's just like a different character. It's such a shame because, again, the casting side of stuff was also pretty good. I mean, we had J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon in this, yeah. and I remember when there was the, all the hype leading up to it, you had that gritty image of him in a gym, and he was just absolutely ripped <laughs> with a big moustache, so, and it was like... So that was actually for a different film? Oh, that was actually okay. shot like that photo was a few months old by the time he posted it it's it's come out now like he, he said that was for i think father figures was the name of the film oh no um, way. and ed uh, ed helms comedy i think it was ed helms and um owen wilson yeah he got fucking shredded for that and just kept it up for justice league he's kept it up since apparently oh yeah you've seen it like whiplash and everything like that he was shredded as well like he says he's in the best shape of his life now yeah it's crazy but all that hype at the time like to see them all on screen together and then there was just that trend of problems and problems and more problems. Do you want, do you want to talk about Mustache Gate? Uh, well, because <laughs> uh, I don't right. think we've spoke about this on the podcast properly. Well, the the thing is, Chris, when I watch <laughs> this film, I'm not the most observant of people and I couldn't really tell where the mustache was and wasn't at the very like when i first watched it i mean when i first watched it but like i said i've got the wool over my eyes and in hindsight when i go back and watch it i can absolutely tell where the mustache is (laughs) i was gonna say like even when we first saw it in the cinema it was painfully obvious like henry cavill is a stunning, magnificent version of what a man should be. Like, let's face it, that man is Superman in real life. And he could also he, he, he also pulls is. off a mustache. He does. The mustache looks incredible. But in that film, somehow they make him look horrendous. His face just looks awful. It's just just past the uncanny valley. He yeah. looks like a like a PlayStation 2 cutscene. Yeah, I think it was that that uh video cam footage where that kid's asking him questions and i get what it's trying to set up i get it's like you know reminding you of him and i get it's like you know he's gone and this is this kid talking to him and he's you know it's 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 meant to be nice i get that but his face does look incredibly strange (laughs) The, the one thing about that scene that makes it worse as well so like this is meant to be some like endearing moment of like he's talking to like these kids and stuff like that and he's meant to like look like happy and hopeful about the future and stuff like that and he's thinking about lois and stuff but because his mustache uh, like sorry his top lip the cgi top lip 
he just looks really annoyed at the kids. Like, he looks like he's about to fucking laser beam through this kid. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, it kind of had that effect with, you know, when he when they revive him and whatever, and he's trying to kill the Justice League and, mm. you know, but... It's it, awful, the slow-motion grin thing that he does at the Flash. Yeah, <laughs> when his eyes turn and he looks yeah. and the Flash is his like, His top lip what? just peels back <laughs> to reveal his teeth. <laughs> yeah, and that that's where it really starts to shine through. But it does remind, it does make me think that did he in the final scene where you see them have that bloody race or whatever to, you know to prove who's yeah. the fastest? Has he got a CGI lip there? Yep. Okay. Right. Never mind. <laughs> I don't. I. I don't know if there's a single scene in this where he doesn't have the CGI lip. I think it was all fucking reshot. Yeah. I mean. I can't... Re- I mean, I think there were maybe the moments where he went back to Smallville with Lois Lane. I think Even maybe... Even that the- in the cornfield, that's a lot of CGI mouth as well. Oh, interesting. They must have reshot a hell of a lot of it then. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, uh, it's just it's just not a good film. It's just not... No, it's like I, Batman vs. Superman. We would choose to rewatch it. Like... Yeah. And it has got good elements to it. I can't think of a single good element of this film. I don't know why I bought the Blu-ray of this. I haven't. That that goes to prove how much I don't like this film. It's a superhero film that I don't own a copy of. Even Suicide Squad I have a copy of. When we when we spoke about the Snyder Cut, didn't I see whether this was open and whether it had been played again? <laughs> yeah, you hadn't opened it, had you? No, I had. I'd watched it once, I think. Oh, right. It had a little bit of laser burn on the disc, but that's not because I've been watching it loads. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, you know what? The the biggest the biggest issue is this film should have been so, so, so much more, and it should have had such more of a build-up to it before it had come out. And unfortunately, it had no build-up, and just it hadn't deserved just... it yet. DC didn't deserve to do the Justice film. Uh, yeah. DC Justice didn't League. deserve to do the Justice League film yet. They do you know what didn't. they should have done? They should have done a Trinity film. They should have had Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman following on from Dawn of Justice. Not have Superman die in that and then have a Trinity film and then like the stakes get too high so they have to start building the team maybe. This was meant to be a like two films or a trilogy anyway. So like I feel like this first one should have been just the Trinity and then bring like bring the Justice League into it. I mean I or like bring in like one extra member, maybe like bring in Aquaman because he was the most established character at that point. Yeah, I mean I went back obviously after I done this I watched some refreshes on um Aquaman and uh and Shazam, Shazam. and stuff. Yeah. So but why the hell they didn't put the Aquaman film before Justice League. I mean, obviously, I know that they hadn't shot it yet, but that film does not matter whether it is before or after Justice League, although it is after Justice League. Yeah, so it's after Justice League, but because of the reshot scenes in this, it almost doesn't make sense because he's met Mira at this point and he's gone back down to Atlantis and stuff like that. So how do how does he not know who Mira is? How is that their first introduction when she uh, like meets him outside the pub with his dad? Yeah, because you've got... Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? It's, like it? Those films don't line up now because of the reshoots. Yeah, literally. 
But there we go. We'll get on to Aquaman. Uh, right, I don't think there's right, any more okay. talk about with Justice League. Nah, I think it was. Nah. Uh, oh, I'll let you. I'll let you. You're raring to go, Chris. I'll let uh, you. Go. I, I, I just wanted to get the rating in there. I just I just wanted to finish it. I just didn't want to talk about this film anymore. Sam, DCU or DC Poo? DC Poo, definitely. It's just a DC Poo. It just has to be, and it shouldn't be. Like, if you told 13 year old me that you would really dislike the first ever live action Justice League film that we had. I think my 13-year-old self will cry. Yeah. Like, like this This was the film that I was looking forward to. More than the Avengers or anything was Justice League, because these are my heroes. These are the ones that I fucking, like, have so much connection to. And you and know what? Just know. If, you like, if you like Justice League and you like all the films, then more power to you. It's fine. You're wrong. It's fine. But it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. You've got a questionable choice, but it's fine if you like it. <laughs> We're not judging you. Look, I thought I couldn't tell the moustache was there on my first watch, and I thought it was cool after my first watch, and then I've grown to realise, and you might grow to realise too. Oh, I tell you, actually, I thought of one good thing uh, thing in this film, which was the one thing that I liked leaving the cinema, was the flashback fight with the Amazons and everything like that. just, Just because we got, like, Zeus and fucking... Green Lantern in the same shot. That's all I cared about. I thought you were about to say the credits. Didn't. <laughs> That's uh, the second best scene of the film. Oh, we also have to just reenact, well, reminisce on the fact that it set up Deathstroke at the end of this film. Oh, yeah, the fucking post credits. Yeah. And bald Lex Luthor actually being Lex Luthor. Apparently, that scene was like so much longer and it was before the credits. Like, I want to know what was in that scene now. Well, they're setting up a team, aren't they? Yeah, maybe they're uh, setting up the Legion of Doom. Maybe a uh, more true-to-form Killer Croc or King Shark Ooh. comes out the water and <laughs> fulfills all my crazy CGI animal dreams that I want. I don't, also, I don't want Joe more CGI Manganiello. villains. I don't Joe want Joe Manganiello. C- it was the best casting as Deathstroke, and it seems like he's just been shoved to the side, like. Like, he's basically said himself at this point, like, he's not the character anymore. It's just done. Do you remember the Deathstroke footage that we got from the the Batman, the Ben Affleck film that was going on? Well, it it was test footage, wasn't it? So he was working with the casting to cast it and stuff like that, and Ben Affleck apparently shot it. No, it was Zack Snyder that shot it, wasn't it, with Ben Affleck as well? I I have no idea, but that was such a moment of hype. That was like, (sighs) come on. I'm so ready, and then we get Justice League, and it's like, what? Where did it all go wrong? Joe Manganiello. Like, we keep saying these films have got such good casting, and they just ruin it. No wonder Like, you can tell all. it's Warner Brothers' fault as well. Anyway, right, what, what's the next fucking film? Because I'm getting mad. Uh, I <laughs> believe it is Aquaman, the next it film. Is. I might be wrong. Hang on one sec. It's, it's Aquaman. Is it actually it's Aquaman? It's Aquaman, not, not Aquaman. You fucking Philistines. It's Aquaman. Aquaman. <laughs> so this film is more more like it in it. It's a lot it's I think this film was DC's moment to put more trust in the directors because you had James Wan do this. Yeah. Renowned for doing horror films. And the Fast and the Furious franchise. Mm-hmm. But it's it gave a lot more trust to the directors, which we saw. Yeah. And I just think it was DC's moment of thinking, right, we need to slow down. We need to do the standalone films. We need to nail them, and we just need to take it a lot slower. They rushed Mm -hmm. into Justice League. They know that. And I think that there was a good pace with Aquaman where it wasn't worried about 
linking everything in to the rest of the DC universe. It wasn't worried about getting Wonder Woman in there or Batman in there or Superman in there or you know, it was just it was just a good film of great casting. Yeah. I mean, you had um William Defoe in there as Volko. Um you had obviously you had Amber Heard as Mira. I know people are mm-hmm. a bit mixed on that. Um, but you had uh, what's Orm Orm uh, 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 I'm blanking now amazing character he's in Fargo amazing Arab oh, actor what's, oh god I'll let you search it while I carry on oh, and then I you remember Tamora Morrison as uh, Aquaman's dad Patrick Wilson Patrick Wilson that's it uh, and then you Nicole had Nicole Kidman Yes, as Atlanta. It really, really good. Like, I watched this film on my own, and it was one of those kinds of films where I really needed to take a pee break, and I couldn't find a good time to take a pee break. <laughs> yeah, this this film, like, doesn't let up, does it? Like, like it's pretty much on the go all the time. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's got a good pace into it, it's got a good rhythm to it. Like, it sets massively high stakes, and, like, you almost forget how much goes on in this film. But it's but interesting like, in yeah. a good way because it all works. It's like a proper adventure film again. Well, the good thing about setting high stakes in a film like this is because it's in Atlantis and it's all yeah. underwater. It's not. It's high stakes, but it's high stakes that doesn't have to interfere with the rest of everything that's going exactly. on. Exactly, it's localized. Like a lot of people compare this to Black Panther because they came out the same year, and like it's sort of like a, a king of a unknown country type thing. Type thing gets hidden. I don't know if my stomach came through on the mic then, but Jesus Christ, that was loud. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it in the edit. Like this is like a really good film. I think Black Panther is the better film out of the two, but like this film is like a good adventure film. It's a fish out of water, pardon the pun. Like, but it just sets up so much, but it lands everything it tries to do. I feel like the whole mystery with his mom and setting up like what should be the most ridiculous costume we've ever seen in a superhero film but that costume when it comes out at the end looks dope the mm-hmm. orange and green still looks dope jason momoa can apparently pull off anything like um black manta is cool like oh yeah yeah and we got black true Manta's to form black manta yeah um what's the guy's name that plays Black Manta, because he's the only guy that we haven't named at this point, I'm pulling it up so I don't butcher it, is Yahya Abdul-Manteen II. Not the first, the second. <laughs> uh, Candyman himself. And he was very much a true-to-form Black Manta in this. I really, oh, yeah, really liked the costume. It was just ridiculously exactly how I wanted it. <laughs> Yeah, like, you even see, like, an older model that he worked on first, didn't he? Yeah. Like, that's, like, the classic, classic Black Manta with, like, the tubes and everything. And then, like, it's a bit more of a sleeker, but it just works. It's still ridiculous. It's still, like, got a big old bloody eyeball face thing. But <laughs> Yeah, but, like, when those lasers hit, they, like, hit Oh, yeah. Hit. <laughs> I, re- I remember them firing them at the bell tower for the first time in the cinema, and I was just there like, shit. <laughs> yeah, he gets a cool intro as well. Like, I know, obviously, you know, you, you get he's at the beginning, but once he appears as Black Manta, it's a cool intro. 
yeah he's, he's pretty cool this film's just packed like we were talking about this. steaks before there's like so much like all the like you get the fisher pe- uh, the fisherman you get mm-hmm. all the different parts of atlantis from you Southern know the kingdoms tr- yeah, you get the trench, the crusty people, uh, all sorts, all sorts of stuff. <laughs> the crusty people. I can't, I can't remember what they're called. The the, the, the crab people. And... Yeah, I can't remember what they're called. Yeah, the crab crustacean people, the crusty people, the crusty people. <laughs> Welcome to the crusty crab. We're the crusty people, and it does costumes really well. Like all the Atlantis oh, yeah. stuff looks really cool. The only thing that was a bit janky that was like a bit weird to watch like going back was all the the hair animations underwater yeah they they look great but it's noticeable isn't it like it's a little bit too feathered yeah and and i mean you've got to give credit that you've done a film that's meant to be shot entirely underwater yeah which does look awesome Looks so really it was good. pretty cool how they did it as well. So instead of like filming in water tanks all the time, because like that would just be impractical and you couldn't deliver your lines of dialogue, you'd have to pretend to talk underwater and stuff like that. So they shot it all on like obviously green screen sets and stuff. So then they had to in each scene like paint out the hair and then reconstruct like the head and the hair mm. animated. Like it's not even like they went around wearing like the bald cap like motion tracker things like they just had the hair and they just had to re-edit all there oh god that what what a what a work and then you've got to imagine create... being that cgi artist i know but then you've got to create the world of atlantis and then you've got to do all the other stuff as well and it Oof. visually this film was just stunning like i can't think of a single set piece that wasn't like epic and looked great yeah because even the the moment where they go to that, you know, the core of the earth or whatever, and then there's that big mythical monster that talks to Aquaman. About oh, you mean Mary Poppins? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> that was so. This film came out the same year as Mary Poppins Returns. Came out in 2018, and the voice of the Kraken creature thing was actually the original Mary Poppins. <laughs> the original Mary, like the original original, not the one yeah. that got released in that film. The same. No, not Emily Blunt. It was the original one. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, what's her names now? It's fucking blank. I'm blanking on it. Julie Andrews. Wow. Yeah, it was Julie Andrews. So there was a Mary Poppins film came out and it didn't have Mary Poppins in, but this had Mary Poppins but in. But Aquaman had Mary Poppins. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got uh, Tamora Morrison, I think I mentioned before, um, Boba Fett yeah. himself. Yeah, I, I enjoyed him in this. Django Fett. Jan- well, well... More, more Django well, than well, 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 well. He's both now, but he he's, was more Django He's than going Boba. to be both. Ooh. <laughs> in The Mandalorian, Ooh. apparently, which is cool. Can't wait. Cannot wait. Apparently he's meant to be playing, like, a couple of different roles, so I don't know whether that's, like, helmeted or, like, whether <laughs> he's, he's playing... Play a million clones. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, in the Mandalorian TV series, you've just got like a load of clone troopers just go out of nowhere, and it's like, yep, we're just gonna do it. So, so it was like by the time this comes out, it was over a week ago now. But there was Father's Day, and you always get the the hilarious Django Fett Father's Day memes where there's just a queue of fucking clone troopers out the door, <laughs> <laughs> waiting to wish him a happy Father's Day. Oh, <laughs> oh amazing. Amazing. I, I think that kind of wraps up Aquaman. Like it was DC's moment when I was watching it, and I was like, you know what, this is good. And if 
DC decide to just do standalone films, build these characters up before we see them on screen together again. Yes, I'm down, but like, ugh, it's going to it be... It just goes to prove how good these characters are when they have time to breathe and like become their characters. Yeah, exactly. And you, you like Literally, you give them their own film and you, you put them through those arcs so that something like Justice League means more. Yeah, like, you can't just jump into it. Like, the reason Avengers works, like, is because we've had films and films and films setting them up. Like, you look at, like, it's amazing how much character development these characters get inside of the event films, like the Avengers films, but it's because you've had these films setting up their arcs and then their arcs finish and, like, come to fruition in the Avengers films. You can't just have somebody start and end, like, a massive arc in those films. It just doesn't work, so the characters fall a bit flat. Doesn't it upset you a little bit that you're not going to get a Justice League film with these characters in again after they've done all this build-up? We'll see how the Snyder Cut's received <laughs> and let's see whether fucking Warner Brothers go back on what they say. Because we'll be like, they've gone back on everything else that they've said, haven't they? <laughs> Here's a multiverse where the Justice League film hasn't happened yet, but I, everything I've actually else has. Seen I've actually seen a few articles lately saying it's just there, like, in the multiverse, we could potentially see a version where, like, the original Justice League and the Snyder Cut are both canon, and we'll just sort of, like, rewrite which fucking version of the universe we're in. <laughs> I mean, with a multiverse plot, you could pretty much do whatever you want. You can exactly. literally do anything you want. So, whatever. We'll, I suppose we'll see. But that probably wraps up Aquaman for us. So, yeah. would you give film. it... Yeah, DCU, DC Poo? Yeah, that's a DCU! You're not DC Pooing in any of these waters. Nope. 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 I, I would say, potentially, this is the second best DC EU film. That makes me wonder what comes first for you. Was it Wonder Woman? It was Wonder Woman. Was Wonder Woman. <laughs> You're right, it was Wonder Woman. <laughs> Potentially dethronable by Wonder Woman 84. Potentially, yeah. Potentially. I, th- I think this and Man of Steel are pretty close for me. Really? Yeah. Well, that's I int- like Man of Steel. Well, I'd give it a DCU as well, but it's, it's that's interesting because we're going to talk about a film that ranks pretty close for me, which is Shazam. Okay. I really liked Shazam. Like, it was not a dc film for me i know it's a dc character don't get me wrong and mm-hmm. i know where it sits but yeah. it was just so separated in terms of tone uh in terms of characters in terms of you know it's this crazy magic wizard that grants the power of shazam when he shouts shazam he he turns from a little boy into this absolutely shredded zachary levi <laughs> it's so out there but it feels like the it feels like Shazam could just be its own thing. Like, it doesn't need to fit in into the greater DCU. Yeah. Like, and that's what I really enjoyed about it. Like, the tone and stuff. And again, casting's really good. You know, Zachary Levi, Mark your, Strong. Do you think your impact of this film was swayed by your mind crush on Zachary Levi? Well, I did watch a bit of, <laughs> I did watch a bit of Trump back <laughs> in the day. But, however, I do, I like, he was just all over, like, the marketing and stuff for this. Yeah. Like, He's, it was just such a charming film when it came out, and it was just yeah, you know what? You could see where it was going from a mile off. You know what I mean? Like you, it's it's the most not the most unpredictable of films. There the were still surprises. Like I was still surprised that at the end they did like the whole Shazam family. Like I wasn't expecting them all to get powers. I thought they would be involved in the final act in some way. 
But wasn't I expecting them all to get the powers? I thought, nah, that's a bit too crazy for the first Shazam film. We didn't get a big tiger, though. We didn't get a big tiger, no. If you don't know, there's a there's a big tiger that also appears in well, the we, we, did, we did get a talking fucking centipede at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and well, yeah, that that's that's very out there. But yeah, that is very out there. Like you got really cool little aspects in this of like where they go to that realm where they open the doors mm-hmm. and there's all these like alternative things going on and Yeah. There's like dogs playing poker or something through one of them. It's like, uh, where wasn't it crocodile people playing poker? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was something like that. And it's it's just so wild, but it's so like I don't know. Like Mark Strong as a villain's really good, and I don't think his. I don't think uh, what's his name, uh, Doctor Doctor. Oh, uh, Shiva was it? No, it's not Doctor Shiva. It's uh... oh god. <laughs> I've had to close down Google, so my thing doesn't oh, crash again, right. so I haven't got give, it. Give me a second, because he's he's a pretty... Were you waiting for me to Google it, then? Yeah. <laughs> You're the king of Googling stuff. Um, I'm on IMDb right now, on my phone. I'll race you. Uh, Dr. Savannah. Savannah. I was close with Shiva. Yeah. Well, she... <laughs> you were thinking Queen Tiger. You were thinking Tigers. Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, like, Asher Angel's really good as Billy Batson, um... Yeah, like just getting Mark Strong as a as a as a villain was just wicked. Mark Strong's just a great actor. Yeah, he's wicked. Um Yeah, like it was just good. Like there's I don't think there's anything wrong with Shazam. And no, for like, me I could watch this like over and probably over and over. Whereas Okay, so I, I haven't seen this since we saw it in the cinema, but I'm really itching to yeah, you should definitely rewatch it again. I think I think if you rewatch it again, I think it'd rank a lot higher than what you think it would. Oh no, it, it ranks high for me. I think this is a really, really charming film. Like it feels like like a Christmas movie that we grew up with. It has almost like jingle all the way type vibes to it. Like or wait um, a second, big or um, uh, wait a um, second, Chris. Wait a second. What? Are you saying? Because Shazam takes place around Christmas, are you saying Shazam <laughs> is a Christmas film? It is a Christmas film. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's 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 based around Christmas. We've got a we've got a Christmas film, everyone. Forget this is it's it's like Iron Man three is kind of a Christmas film. Forget your Die Hard. Forget it. <laughs> Die Hard is a Christmas film, and I watch it every Christmas. <laughs> I'm gonna watch Shazam every Christmas from now on. <laughs> so it, it is kind of a Christmassy film, but like it it like it reminds me of those sorts of films that you would watch around christmas time like you know like the throwback 90s like comedy sort pseudo adventure films type thing yeah and And it's a really charming family story like that's what ranks it so high for me like the element of family in this really landed for me like the way that all the kids come together and stuff like that really worked for me i forgot uh, like i always forget about the kid that plays the young shazam what was his name that you said ash asher angel uh, asher angel because all i think of is zachary levi as shazam because uh jack dylan grazer i just had to find his name is freddie freeman like like almost stole the film like he was the child lead in this film for me almost more than billy batson was yeah, yeah, for sure. Because we have so much Shazam rather than a lot of Billy Batson. And plus, it had a Superman cameo that wasn't absolutely forced down <laughs> your throat. And it wasn't yeah, actually Henry Cavill. Yeah. 
I think but, it was pretty funny that they didn't have his face in it. Yeah. Like, it was pretty funny that... I do you remember the trailer for this? Like, I remember seeing the trailer for this and I was just so hyped. Like, it had that uh, really, it had, like, that really cool electronic theme to it. Yeah. And you had all, like, the, you had the, uh, like, the the montage of him finding out his powers. Mm-hmm. I can just remember this, uh, dun, dun, <laughs> like, that music to it. It's just, just yeah. wicked. And also, you had all that creepy aspect of the, is it the Seven Deadly Sins? That See, that's the bit that doesn't work for me. Just, like, grey smoke monsters. Like, well, you want to you criticise Wonder Woman for having a, a fiery grey monster at the end. Like, this literally has seven of them. Yeah, it's that typical DC trope. But at least Mark Strong didn't turn into a CGI grey monster. He had one living inside of him. He had one living inside <laughs> with him. But I really thought the designs of them were pretty cool. Like, the greed one, how its whole mouth opened up and stuff. And, the yeah, the CGI grey monsters, but they're not, like in fucking grey smoke like, and like they, you get to see them at least yeah when when you see them in the boardroom they look really cool because you actually get to see them properly but then like in the final fight you hardly see them and like they're just sort of like puffy smoke things while yeah, they're fighting them aren't they but it's it's if you're gonna do a grey cgi monster i think that's where you do it right because like the trend with that and the dc films is this is going to be a thing this has got to be like i've got to find a thumbnail with just loads of gray cgi monsters on it (laughs) but it's like with wonder woman with um with batman versus superman with justice league the problem that you've got is not only do you have a big gray cgi monster you're also putting them in a smoky gray or red cgi moment where there's just things move very fast but it's that things aren't actually moving very fast it's it gives you the illusion of things moving fast it's all that like zooming out and that really far there's like loads of wide shots all the time isn't there and Mm -hmm. with the with the seven deadly sins in there look at me defending shazam here like i've (laughs) it's my favorite film ever what i'm saying is that you don't have that like you have them in that fairground where they're just on one on one and you're not you know the fairground doesn't become engulfed with smoke and it it's just as though they're just having a fight but they're just a gray cgi smoky monster it's it's i think you get what i'm trying to say i just think it's a better (laughs) way of doing it 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 is definitely more interesting like uh yeah I, i just wish the design of him was a little bit better like when we see him in the boardroom maybe just just a bit of color or don't have them be quite as smoky like give them more of a physical form more often and stuff like that i guess mm. i don't know i i i really like the rest of the film it's literally just like the little bit of the fight with them is is a little bit off for me but like again it's about characters in this film like it just works it's it's a great like comedy action film leading up to like that final fight and the final fight is still great because you get the you get the whole Shazam family or the Marvel family, I guess. Yeah, I don't know how you want to Captain Marvel specify them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, and I, I really like that. I, I like the fact that they went full comic book with it at the end. It was just like, right, okay, we know what we're doing, and like they laid enough groundwork beforehand that you were on board for this happening. You had supported the kids getting these powers and stuff like that. It was really cool. And like, it- I forgot how like how happy this film made me feel and when we went to see it it was like 
it was quite quiet in our cinema, but I know a couple seats. No, there was like a few empty seats down from me, and then there was like probably like a six-year-old kid or something went to see it with his mum, and the little kid was so fucking sweet throughout the entire film. He was so hyped, and like he was cheering along for Shazam and everything like that. And then like once he like caught onto the trend that he said Shazam every time to turn into Shazam. Like, he started shouting it along with Billy Batson, and it was the most adorable thing in the world. And, like, he shouted it one time, and I sort of looked over at him, and his mum thought, like, I was a bit annoyed because, like, um, he was being loud, and I just gave the kid a little thumbs up, and the kid was, like, well happy. I was like, that's just made this film even yeah, better for me. Yeah, and that, that just reinforces <laughs> that it's just a feel-good film. Just it so is. so feel-good. And it's got the craziest bloody post credit sequence because even I was like we both had to Google what is that? <laughs> like I I can't even remember what it is. It was like some weird caterpillar thing with something plugged into it and I Googled it afterwards. Cause you're normally the king of post credit sequences. I normally yeah. I normally ask you after the cinema and you're like, yeah, this is what it is, this is what it's yeah. setting up. But this time it was like, bro, I've got no idea. So I Googled it and I told <laughs> you what it was. I'm not up to date with my Shazam. I'm not up to date with Shazam. I, I don't think I think I've read one Shazam book. And I think I Googled it and I'd said, Oh right, it's this and you were like, Nope, doesn't ring a bell. So at least that gives us something to be doesn't excited he have, about. Doesn't he have like a alien mech suit or something uh i have not a clue but i'm sure like the caterpillar lives inside like a giant body or something like that shazam 2 is a thing i believe it is uh david s sandberg is working on it again he's the director of the first one and Um, it'd be cool if it does feature black adam but i think black adam's getting its own film isn't it yeah he is getting his own film i would like to see black adam as the villain in this one as well though Mm. um or maybe like a reluctant team-up type thing yeah, um, classic. Yeah, they cool. they fight each other and then they team up to fight something else. Just to fight a <laughs> maybe not like that. Caterpillar. You got you got the bit of Black Adam in this as well, didn't you? When they told the history of um, Shazam's like chosen one. Oh, I suppose he did a little bit, didn't they? Mm. And plus, it started that with that cool. really nice flashback. Oh well, there was a car crash, but you know, it's a, it was an okay flashback. <laughs> it was good, right? Uh, Shazam, DCU, DC Poo. DCU, yeah, definitely, definitely a DCU, and then that lands us on our final film of our little retrospective until Ooh, the Snyder where? Cut, or until Wonder Woman eighty four, whichever one comes first, because delays are a thing. <laughs> uh, we are on Harley Quinn: Birds of Prey, which was one the of the fabulous films we've actually talked about. Of one Harley Quinn, yeah. Oh well, it depends on if we're talking about its original name or if we're talking about its <laughs> correct Birds name. Birds of Prey, yeah. No, Harley, colon, Harley Quinn. Wasn't it Harley Quinn, colon, Birds of Prey? I don't even I think know, I man. think they realised that they needed to put the focus on Harley Quinn, so then they called it Harley <laughs> well, Quinn. Well, they Birds already put the focus on Harley Quinn by making this film all about Harley Quinn and not about the Birds of Prey. <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah, that's, that, that's essentially what Birds of Prey is about. It's not about Birds of Prey, it's all about Harley Quinn. Literally yeah. Harley Quinn. Like, they become Birds of Prey for, like, the last five minutes. Yeah. However... However, this film was a little bit mixed, I think. I think people were a little bit on the fence of whether it was actually a good film or not because obviously DC went from having really, really massive stakes and not to say that Aquaman's got small stakes, but after Justice League, they like really pulled it back a little bit, didn't they? And they tried mm-hmm. to keep stuff a lot more localised within the characters and their plot. And they definitely yeah. did that with Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, especially after we had something like Suicide Squad where they'd gone and saved basically the world from Enchantress and all that sort of shit. 
But, yeah, it was nice. Like Shazam and Birds of Prey were sort of like small localized stories that it meant you were able to focus on character a lot more and stuff, weren't you? Yeah, and I know a lot of people have problems with how Harley Quinn's been portrayed in this, and I think people thought that she was maybe portrayed a little bit. Um, See, it, on the whole, I would say like ninety percent of people really liked this film. Like, I I didn't see much backlash. I know there was a bit. Um, but not much like on the whole like i thought like i was in the wrong for like i liked this film i don't think it was as fantastic as everybody else seemed to think it was so i thought i was sort of in the wrong like i haven't seen that many people hating on this film no well let me have a very very i thought i was in the wrong for just not thinking it was the best film ever made like a lot of people were saying online because it was like this to be Girl fair, team up thing. It scored, I was like, yeah, but the films. It, it scored lower on IMDb than what Shazam did, but it got seventy nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's respectable. Rotten Tomatoes. Like Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I don't know. The best parts of this film for me weren't. It was literally Harley Quinn and then Ewan McGregor. They were literally yeah. the best parts of this film. Yeah, everything else kind of really didn't need to be there. Yeah, if you got rid of a lot of the other crap. It probably would have been a more concise, logical story. <laughs> yeah, literally. I think like, kind of and, the characters and stuff were there to get bums in seats. Yeah. Um, like, if you no, got rid of the Birds of Prey and just had Harley Quinn versus Black Mask, I think it would have been a really great film. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was definitely a fun film. I thought the stunts and the action and stuff in there was sick. Like, there's the bit where she throws a hammer or a crowbar on the floor and then it flies up off and hits that guy in the face when oh, they're yeah. in the warehouse. There's lots of really, really... Cr- like, it's got that kind of suicide squad... Sorry, suicide squaddy feel to it. suicide squaddy. It's got that those flash-ups and it says what they're... Yeah, vendetta is against Harley Quinn, and but that that works a lot more in this film. Yeah, because it's it's Harley Quinn reciting everything, isn't it? And again, we should have got this before Suicide Squad. <laughs> we should have got this before they try and put more characters together. They because... should have just not done Suicide Squad. Is what they should have well, done. Not that version of Suicide Squad, anyway. I feel like if you had this and this be the first time you really confirm the Joker, or you you. You, you know, you get a little bit more of the Joker in the DC universe. Like, you kind of hold the Joker back as almost like, and not to say it wouldn't be Darkseid, but you hold him back like he's your Thanos in a way. Like, you treat yeah. him, you treat him like that. And you build him up for all the Gotham-based. Yeah, like stuff. if in Batman versus Superman we saw that he'd killed Robin, and mm. then you get a little bit of him in this, you you get like. Well, I mean, the mood's very different, but it just it just build up, and it would probably yeah. have more of an impact. Even if it was as out there as the Jared Leto Joker, it's just you've got time to yeah. build yourself up to it, haven't you? Rather than just See, bam, this is it. I th- I think the characterization of Harley Quinn in this film was like it sat a lot better with me than the Suicide Squad one. So the Suicide Squad one, clearly, she was the standout from that film, and she was great. Margot Robbie was fantastic. But this version felt more like the version of Harley Quinn that I'm liking. Like, it's it's the modern, it's the version of Harley Quinn that we have at the moment in the comic books and stuff. Yeah, it was like, like it was the, pulled the out. Like, the pastel pop, like, it, it's, the, it's the Deadpool thing. Yeah, what she's doing. yeah, yeah. She's, like, pulled out of that new animated series that they had. Yeah. Which is really out there. Like, 
whoa. Like for an animated yeah. series, but, there is some serious, serious issues in that. <laughs> yeah, but, that, but that's just based off the new Harley Quinn comic book run at the moment. Like that's been going on since like just before the new Fifty Two. It's like Harley um, Quinn collided with um, Rick and Morty a little bit with like yeah, how literally. crazy it goes. It's like whoa. Oh, they've just done um, old lady Harley as well, ripping off old man Logan. <laughs> Amazing. Like, which is pretty cool. Like, she's literally just the Deadpool of the DC universe at this point. And this film set that up a lot more. And I think it works more for this version of the character that we got. It yeah. works better for the Margot Robbie version. So, like, like, I think this is a really good film. I just don't think I was quite, quite as swept away as everybody else was. Mm. And it, again, they're on the right track with stuff like this and mm-hmm. give it a style which they have done. And yeah. you got the hyenas and you got like, you know, the Cassandra Kane thing was the, you know, that's the MacGuffin of the film, isn't it? Well, she is yeah. the MacGuffin of the film. But like Black Mask, like Ewan McGregor is Black Mask. I was so excited because I love Ewan you- McGregor. I'm a, I'm a yeah. massive... Massive, 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 massive Ewan McGregor <laughs> fan. Like, I've even watched that. Um, he was in a little docu-series called... The Long Way Round. Long Way Round, yeah. And if you, you've you got to watch that. Like, if you like Ewan yeah, McGregor, you've got to watch that and watch him go on a motorbike all the way around the world. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But... Like, Ewan, Ewan McGregor's just great. Like, and I liked the diff- slightly different version of Black Mask that we saw in this. Yeah, I liked like, how he was, like, a like, bit from eccentric. the gangster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was sort of like a like a pastel gangster, wasn't he? Like, he definitely fit into Harley Quinn's world. Yeah, like, he was a bit mentally unstable, but he was a bit, like... I don't know what... I don't know the word that I'm looking for. He was just a bit, like... Uh... It's, it's, it's campy. Flamboyant. Yeah, flam- I was about to say yeah, campy. It was, yeah, it was campy, yeah. Like, there was definitely a lot of... Uh, we spoke about this in our review of it. Like, if you want to hear us talk about this for a full hour and a bit, go listen to that. Yeah. Like, uh, there was a lot of, like, homoerotic subtones to him and Victor Zaz's uh, relationship, wasn't there, and stuff. And, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it was good. It felt like a fun, like, campy little, like... Yeah, it, it was good. It was a nice, interesting characterization for it. Yeah, it made it. It made it sit a lot more in the world, and it was a new, interesting take instead of Black Mask is just normally like a guy in a black mask and a suit, and he's just a typical gangster. Yeah, it was like giving that little bit more depth. Like, and you see that where he's got that family tied up, and they get to the the young girl, and he's like, "Oh, you know what? I won't. I won't." I won't peel your face off. I'll leave your face on. And then he takes the mask off and then he's like, oh, take a face off. And it's like, it, yeah, he just nails it. Like, and yeah. obviously they give him the most unceremonial ending to a character. <laughs> but you know what? I wouldn't, ex- I wouldn't have expected... Well, I I wasn't expecting it in the cinema, but I wouldn't expect no. anything less knowing what this film was about now. Yeah, it, yeah. in retrospect, like it works. Like I, I almost forgot that happened for a minute because it's just so matter-of-fact and so blunt. It's just there, like... Oh, he's exploded into a million pieces. Okay, goodbye, good night. It's Roll interesting credits. where it leaves off Harley Quinn, though, because it leaves her off kind of as part of the Birds of Prey a little bit, doesn't it? So it's kind of. Yeah. It's like, do you then? Would you then put her in a Suicide Squad? Would you then get her to go back with the Joker? It's like, where do you take her from there? Uh, I think she's better off being sort of. Not with the Birds of Prey. I think if you're going to do Birds of Prey again, you need to give those three characters room to actually breathe and become characters in that film. Yeah. Like, for me, this film, like, other than Ewan McGregor and Margot Robbie, it was also the actress that played Black Canary 
Uh, I can't quite remember a name. If you can remember it, well, I'm fine. And the Huntress as well was also Mary Elizabeth a... Winstead. Yeah, yeah but I I just wasn't a big fan of like their characters. I th- for me, Black Canary was the standout. She had like a more interesting character. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, um, getting the name up now. Well, don't forget we've got James Gunn's Suicide Squad coming up, and she's in that as well. Yeah, um, Janie. S- Smollett? Smollett? Yep. <laughs> <I'd>... <laughs> uh, that's how it's spelt, so that's how I'm saying it. If you want a podcast where we butcher names, this is the podcast for you. Hey, <laughs> uh, I nailed fucking Yahya Abdul Manteen the second. But you said it so uncertainly again. <laughs> <laughs> you like, I nailed you're, it, though. You're like, I, I, nailed, nailed, it, though. I nailed it with the. Uh, Mr. Uh... <laughs> it's because you need to remember the full name before you can say it in one go. Yeah, I know what you mean. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited, I think. And I'm more excited now for... Since I watched Birds of Prey and since I've watched Shazam and since I've watched Aquaman, I think I'm ready for a James Gunn Suicide Squad. Yeah. and You just know it's going to be good. Yeah, and as much as I kind of want to see... I would like to see the David Ayer cut of the old Suicide Squad... But I think that now that we've got Harley where where she needs to be at, and I think mm-hmm. that you've they've kind of figured out now how to how to make a fucking superhero movie <laughs> um, with with a unified vision. I don't want to say that you know Batman versus Superman and Zack Snyder's vision for those characters was a vision, but I think in terms of what you want to do to just build your universe and start creating a big old big old entertainment universe like marvel did mm. i feel like they've got it and yeah. i'm really excited to see people like idris elba and all that in suicide squad really excited for yeah. that yeah definitely like i think uh harley quinn works better as a character without the joker so it would be better to see her in a suicide squad without her entire arc being about the joker yeah. What do you reckon? I think we it'll get? give a character more room to breathe. Do you reckon that we will ever get a tie-in from Joker into the DCEU, or do you reckon it might just be like a multiverse thing? Or, uh, uh, oh, do you mean Walking Phoenix as Joker? Yeah, yeah. Out of curiosity, Ooh. I just want to know what you think. Um, I don't know. I think it's probably just going to be like an Elseworlds thing. Like he'll be part of the multiverse technically, but we won't ever see any connection to it. Mm. like it it's not like it's not like the new rumors of what's going to happen with the multiverse and a certain batman well you might have to tune in to next episode to find out a little bit about our thoughts on that um um, i don't think it's going to be like that i think it'll just sort of like somebody will say it'll be like yeah it's technically part of the multiverse but you'll never know because you'll never see it <laughs> it'll like, come from like todd phillips on like some random show or something and it'll be like <laughs> no not... i think i think it would come from some sort of warner brother exec rather than todd phillips yeah well yeah no for sure right uh birds of prey dcu dc poo it's a dcu yeah i'm still not as hot on it as the other three films that we've i feel spoken, like, like i need to really watch great. it again i feel like i need to watch yeah. it again it's out it's, on blu-ray it's, now it's it's a really enjoyable film, and like it is a good film. I just wasn't like saying it was a ten out of ten, like a lot of people on Twitter were. Um, but yeah, it's, it's great characters. It's a fun romp. It's just like it didn't feel like two hours when you were watching it, did it? It just felt like a really fun little 
Yeah, a bit Shazammy. But yeah, reminded me of how I felt like when I watched Shazam. But yeah, yeah cool. Right, uh, I guess that wraps us up for the week, Chris, doesn't it? It does. So, guys, our socials. If you want to let us know what you thought about the DCEU or whether you thought it's all a load of DCE poo, uh, you can check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GetRealPod. And you can also email us at, not at, but you can email the email address, which is GetRealPodsUK at gmail.com. At, 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 at. There's an at, at. So. I've not got... F- oh, hang on. This ain't a Star Wars episode, Chris. We've, <laughs> we've done so much Star Wars, we don't need to do any more Star Wars. It's just at-ats on the brain. But if you do like Star Wars, we did a lot of Star Wars episodes last month while we were locked yeah, down with a couple, enjoy of, that shit. couple of lovely guests from a fellow podcast. But uh, anyway... They were good episodes, then. They were good They episodes. were very good episodes. And if you love people going through films literally scene by scene, oh my God, did we go through scene by scene. <laughs> um, imagine if we had done that with all four of these films we'd be here until the last film of every trilogy and then we didn't have time to no we were like just blitz it just blitz it get it done get on to the next trilogy uh anyway be sure to support the podcast by leaving us a like favorite review apparently pod is really good for that so if you have a pod chaser account head over leave us a uh, rating review on there uh, or just wherever you get your podcasts apple music spotify anything like that share us with a mate because we love um we'd love for you know get more listeners and stuff like that and more people to engage with us on socials it'd be great uh but other than that yeah thank you very much for listening we'll catch you next time see ya bye now you know what i think we should have been a bit harsher on justice league i think instead of calling it dce poo it should have been dce shite or something like that (laughs) Just, just get a bit explicit with it